Isn't our God good? Yeah. yeah. So my name's Josh. How's it going? Good. That's fantastic. Well, if you're new here, we want to extend a massive warm welcome to you. Uh, and if you would like to know more about us, there are some uh, welcome packs out in the foyer. Feel free to grab one. If you want to 
Uh, also, no more. There's some QR codes on the seats. Feel free to scan them and you can fill in your details and one of the team will get in touch. Uh, and let's do birthdays. Birthdays and anniversaries. And I know there's one behind me as well. So if it's your birthday or you've had a wedding anniversary, why don't you chuck your hand up and one of the team will bring round a lovely chocolate. Who's getting showered in them? Got a few over here. Happy birthday. Fantastic. Well, dear Lord, thank you for all the birthdays and, and wedding anniversaries, Father. We pray a fantastic year ahead for all of these guys and girls, Father, and we pray that your protection is across them and their families as well. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, while we're all standing, how about we all stay standing uh, and let's extend a prayer out to uh, South Africa. Uh, we've got a, a whole lot of South Africans in our family here uh, at Activate. There's a couple uh, that have snuck into my friend group. There's one that stuck, snuck into my family, which is fantastic. So they're going through a bit of a tough time, so let's, let's pray for them, eh? All right, Lord, we thank you for your protection. And we declare uh, your guidance be upon those in leadership, Father. We pray for peace, for calm, and for your hand to be upon those that are enacting change, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, why don't we grab a seat and then let's check out the video news. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Activate Church. This is what you need to know for this week. Hey everyone, hey my name's Ben and one of the roles I have at Activate is I look after Activate groups. I just want to tell you a little bit about the group that I run. So it's a men's group uh, and it's an amazing place. The, the support we have for the guys, uh, the conversations we have, the challenges that we put against each other is, is just absolutely amazing. Uh, sometimes we can talk to three hours and you just leave feeling refreshed and it's fantastic. I couldn't imagine doing life without my group. And my role as Activate Groups Leader is to help you find a group that you love as much as I love my group. We've got a whole range of different groups that you can be involved in. We've got men's groups, women's groups, mixed groups. We've got special interest groups like craft groups and business groups, alpha groups, cake making groups. We've got dance groups. Come talk to me if you want to join a group. And if you can't find a group that you like, we'll make a new one for you. So either come to the info desk or go to the groups page on the website. Global Legacy Month has been amazing and we've had so many people saying, how do we become part of it? How are we part of leaving this legacy? Well, there's so many teams that you can be part of that make an impact every week. And we're making it easy for you. You can be on one of our kids' teams. You can be part of our hosting team, part of our creator team, and so many more. So check it out and become part of the team. Hi, I'm Michael. If you're feeling stirred about ministry, the next best opportunity is on Monday night, starting on the 2nd of August. We're going to have a course running for 10 weeks, really exploring what we believe is a church. It's going to be a wonderful opportunity, and I'd love to see you there. Hi, my name's Chris. I'm the leader at uh, Community Link Trust. If you've been moved to serve local, I'd love to have a conversation with you about what that could look like. Or, on the 24th, Anna from Reconciled World, Kit and myself, 
are running a workshop on how you can serve and how you can help. We'd love to see you there. Hi, thanks for being part of Global Legacy and thank you for putting your Faith Promise card in. We will announce the results in a couple of weeks. But in the meantime, if you haven't yet got a card, how about getting it in now because your part really, really matters. We want every person involved. Thanks. We have Your Part Matters workshop coming up on Saturday the 24th of July. We also have Good to Great Marriage Seminar. That's happening on Saturday, 31st of July. And then we also have Activate Education Night classes starting on Monday, 2nd of August. Now you're up to date. For more info, go to the info desk or our website at acnz.church. Fantastic. Well, before we jump into communion, the host team found a lovely $50 bill out in the car park. So, if you can really strongly convince us that this was yours, um, then yeah, recite the serial number. Um, who? This morning, apparently. So if you were here in the morning and you had, and you had lost a $50 note and you're wondering where it is, come find one of the guys in the green shirts or myself, and if you convince us, then you can get it back. Otherwise, it goes in the offering. It goes towards Global Legacy. So communion. We've got Monique's going to come and share communion with us. So why don't we give her applause as she comes. Kia ora, everyone. Hi, how are you guys doing? Awesome. All right, I just need to do this facial recognition. Did you know I could actually unlock my mum's phone with my face? <laughs> how awesome is that? <laughs> Praise God for genetics. Um, all right, so uh, I don't know if you have spent a prolonged amount of time around kids or if you've got kids yourself. Uh, but there's one word that they seem to be repeating a lot in a certain stage of their lives. Anyone know what that word is? Well, why? <laughs> no continues on throughout the rest of your life. Um, <laughs> but why? Yes, why? Why is the sky blue? Why is the grass green? Why does mum drink wine after 4pm? Uh, <laughs> um, why is actually a really important word for us to continue to use in our vocabulary. It creates, um, it actually facilitates creativity. It facilitates curiosity and willingness to learn. It actually um, uh, prevents the development of cynicism and narrow-mindedness, ironically things that seem to develop more and more as we get older. Um, and it's, it's funny, actually, because as we get older, we seem to use why a whole lot less, too. We stop asking for the reason behind things. And I think God knew this. I think God has a pretty good idea of how the human mind works and why we have this tendency to stop asking why. Um, and in His, in His grace and in His mercy, He's put things in place for us to remind us of the why behind a lot of things. Why we do communion, why we are good to one another, why we obey His commandments. Um, and so one of those, those things, um, those ways that He reminds us of the why behind things is through this practice of communion. Um, where we remember as a church, we get together and we spend a moment 
just thinking about and pondering on the the beautiful and and brutal sacrifice that Jesus Christ um, did on the cross, where he offered up his life as as a sacrifice for our sins. Um, In other words, he paid our debts for our wrongdoings that we could never pay for ourselves. Um, and so, so God uses the, these whys, this communion, as a, why, uh, as a way to remember um, and to help us to remember the sacrifice. And so he uses communion to remind us. And we can see this in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23. Um, Paul writes to the Corinthians. Um, he kind of tells them off for abusing the, the communion as well. Um, and then after he tells them off, he reminds them. Verse 23, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we use the bread to symbolize his body. And he said, In the same way after supper, he took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Um, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So we use these symbols, these emblems, as cues, as ways to remind us, as as, um, orientation points in our life as a church multiple times throughout the year or every single Sunday to remind ourselves and to orient ourselves around the cross. His death, the death that we proclaim, His sacrifice that stemmed from a deep and profound place in God's heart for us. This explosive love that echoes across eternity in both directions. That kind of love that doesn't come very often, but it came for you and it came for me. And so at this cross, this cross is the why behind everything, everything that we do. We forgive because He forgave us first. We love because He loved us first. We are merciful because He showed us mercy. It's this biblical principle, this kingdom principle of doing because it's already been done for you because God still does it for you. Um, And so everything that we do is rooted at the foot of the cross. It's the why behind the bread. It's the why behind the juice the why behind this very moment tonight. So I want to encourage you to take this time to think about the why, to think about communion, to just sit in God's completely indescribable love for you in this moment. My friends, He loves you so much. And um, so what we have now is... uh, We'll have the host team on either side here. They're going to be holding the emblems out. If you guys can take the time to get up out of your seats, go take a piece of bread, go take a shot of juice, come and sit back down in your seats and just sit for a second. Just ponder the reason behind everything that we're doing here tonight. Thanks, guys. I'm just going to pray as well while they go. Dear God, I pray that you'll just use this time to remind us of you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your grace and your gift and your mercy in our lives. Thank you for the love of Jesus Christ, that you came down and you sacrificed yourself on the cross. And thank you that you rose again so that we could live and live forever in you, that we could have life and life in abundance and to the fullest in you. Thank you, Jesus. Soften our hearts to your spirit, God. Amen.
you guys could come up. Some word. It's Monique. When you guys are ready, please stand and let's continue worshiping together. Sing Spirit Sound. Spirit Sound, rushing wind, fire of God, fall within, Holy Ghost, breathe on us. We As we repent, turn from sin, revival embers, smoldering, breath of God, fan us into flame. We need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven, pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out. Strength in what we make. 
refreshed from New Zealand, Lord. We refreshed from Hamilton. We refreshed from Redmond, South Africa. We refreshed from the world, God. We need a fresh one, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pour it out, Lord. Time. We need a fresh wind. And we need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven, and pour your spirit out, and pour your spirit out, the holy anointing, the power of your presence, and pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out.
feel comfortable tonight, come on, why don't you just lift your hands to heaven. The presence of God is in this place. What does that mean? Well, where two or more are gathered, God's here. And you know what I've found out about God is that God loves to meet with us and change us for a moment. Just turn your attention to Him. I know we already have been. Maybe you just want to start to talk to Him. God, this is where I'm at. God, I need you. God, thank you. Wherever you're out, come on, just why don't you just start to think towards Him. I'm going to ask the band to sing the bridge and just that they would sing that bridge over us right now. Come on, we're going to concentrate on Him. They're just so great, aren't they? Awesome job, awesome job. Hey, my name's Steve. I'm part of the team here. I get to uh, get to go to a bunch of the campuses that we have, and I've got to tell you, great things are happening. In the last couple of weeks, we've just seen God do something amazing up in Tuaco. We launched the campus three Sundays ago, and what we found out on the first Sunday was what the capacity before the building was, because we went over it. So isn't that amazing? And uh, we had people standing, we had a great time, and every week, uh, just seeing great things happen there. This morning, I was at North, and man, I've got to tell you, God continues to do an amazing thing. Do you know, I think last Sunday, we were something like 90% up on this time last year. That's how fast our congregation's growing up. Yeah, yes, yeah, come on, I reckon that's amazing. And we're just seeing people get connected in here, and God just doing amazing things all over the place, all over our country. And um, we're really excited about that. We're in a series at the moment called, well, and this year our theme is called Back to the Future, but we're in a series called Back to Pentecost. And man, uh, if you've just heard anyone preach the last couple of weeks, everyone's so excited about that because as a church, we've got to get back to what makes the church church. Hey, we don't want to do church and it just becomes a club down the road. We want to do 
why it's, why it is the church, why it's powerful, why what about the presence of God? We really want to believe in something amazing, and so uh, that's what we're talking about over this time. And our heart's desire is that you would walk out of here different. Yeah. You were pretty great when you walked in, I know. But when you walk out of here, I'm believing that God's going to do something in such a way that you will walk out being more effective in, in your community, in your family, in your workplace, or in your school, whatever it is, because that's how God works. We're going to read a scripture today about what happens when people's lives get touched by God. Just read a gospel for a moment, and they're different the next day. And that's what happens when we go back to Pentecost. And so we're going to pick it up in this verse here today, in Acts 3 and verse 1. And it says this. One day, I want you to imagine, uh, uh, I want you to imagine this. Usually uh, on behind me, we'd have, the, we'd have the, the words come up. But it's such a cool, like, story. I want you to kind of, like, maybe just picture the story. I, I, I use my imagination a lot. Uh, I'm, I've got a big imagination, and um, when I read the Bible, I like to put, I mean, if I met the people, I'd be like, whoa, you don't look anything like what I thought, but because I use my imagination, would you use your, your imagination as we go on the journey today? One day, at three o'clock in the afternoon, Peter and John were on their way into the temple for a prayer meeting. At the same time, there was a crippled man from birth being carried up. Every day he was set down at the temple gate, the one named Beautiful, to beg from those uh, going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked for a handout. Peter, with John at his side, looked at him straight in the eye and said, look here. He looked up, expecting to get something from him. And Peter said, I don't have a nickel to my name, or maybe in your version it says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. He grabbed him by the right hand and pulled him up, and uh, in an instant, his feet and ankles became firm. He jumped up to his feet and walked. The man went into the temple with them, walking back and forth, dancing and praising God. Everyone there saw him walking around and praising God. They, they recognized him as someone who sat begging at the temple gate, beautiful. And they rubbed their eyes, astonished, scarily believing that they, well, what, they were, what they were seeing. It's this amazing story of, of a couple of guys that, that, that uh, go back to Pentecost because it was just Pentecost and amazing things happen. My question for you tonight is, who's the crippled man? Because when you read the story and you know the crippled man, the story is way more important. When I was about 15, 16, I lived in a place called Palmerston North. Yeah, three people have heard about it, awesome. And, uh, and I was on a Friday night, I was going to youth group, I lived on one side of town and we were driving to the other side of town, it took about five minutes. And we were driving through the middle of town. And as we were driving down the main, uh, uh, one of the main streets going through town, it was a rainy night. It was a windy night. It was probably this time of the year. Uh, and we were driving along. And my dad driving the car. I'm in the passenger seat. And a guy stepped out off the pavement. And my dad had to quickly swerve to miss him and pulled over. We looked behind us. And the man that had stepped out on the road was my uncle's friend, Glenn. We got out of the car and he was totally out of it. He was drunk, he was stoned, he was totally, totally gone. He was a mess, he was crying, he was just, he, he was angry that we didn't hit him. 
we put him into, into the car. Dad said, something's wrong with him. We, go, we put him into the car. I remember getting him into the back seat and, and we, we, we put the safety belt on and we, we got him in there and he was just thrashing around. I remember as we started driving, I was trying to put my hand behind me to stop his head from smashing into the window. And my dad said, don't put your hand there because he'll break your fingers. We drove to the hospital, we got to the hospital, we drove into the emergency part, and as we drove in there, Dad said to me, don't get out of the car, I just want you to stay in the car, I'll go and sort this out. The people came and helped get my uncle's friend Glenn out of the car, and they took him into the hospital, and I had no cell phone, and I sat there for about three hours. There was no cell phones. I remember sitting there going through, I hope they're all right, wonder what's going on. Oh, why, hurry up, you know, I went through all of those Moments, but what I didn't know is in the hospital, my uncle's friend Glenn passed away for about two and a half minutes. The amazing team at the hospital was able to resuscitate him and, and they did a whole lot of work in him. And, and for about three hours, I sat in the car wait, waiting for my dad to come back. My uncle's friend Glenn had lost his job. Then because of the pressures from losing his job, he'd lost his wife and his family. And he decided that he couldn't handle it any longer. He'd gone on this journey of numbing himself by taking alcohol and, 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 and taking drugs and a whole lot of different things. And that night, as he was in the pub, he decided that he didn't want to face life any longer. And so this crippled man came out to the, out to the road, stepped out in front of a car, and as that car came along, it was my, me and my dad. I listen to that story and I think, he's the crippled man. See, my dad then in my life changed because we went to church every Sunday, but I'm not sure that I'd ever seen my dad with his Bible or ever talk about Jesus. My dad, day after day, went to the hospital to meet with my uncle's friend, Glenn. He would go up and sit beside his bed and hear the story of how he lost his job and what happened with his family and how he got to this point. And all my dad had was one thing, was Jesus. And my dad told him about hope and he told him about how Jesus gave his life for us. In our most sinful state, there was nothing that God was scared of. There was nothing too bad or too sick that he wouldn't touch. Jesus touched and healed everybody. And over the two weeks, my dad led my uncle's friend Glenn to the Lord. I reckon that's worth a clap. I reckon that's pretty amazing. I saw my dad change. I'd never had a conversation about Jesus with my dad. He'd read me some stories. But something in my dad had changed and that something in my dad had the power to change my uncle's friend, Glenn. Now, short story is my uncle's friend, Glenn, actually got his life back on track and he, he got his job back and he got his wife back and he got his family back. It's like a country and western song backwards. And it's an amazing story. But when you read the story about the crippled man who was paralyzed, and we live in a generation of people trying to paralyze themselves, trying to numb themselves so they don't have to put up with what's going on. And you think of someone in your life who's uncle, my uncle's friend, Glenn. Maybe it's a work colleague. Maybe it's a friend from school. Maybe it's somebody in your family, somebody in your neighborhood. And all of a sudden you look at this, all of a sudden it asks this question. What's this thing about back to Pentecost? 
Because this story has an amazing outcome, and this is the life that we are meant to live. See, let's look at the text. Peter and John have come uh, come uh, to the temple at three o'clock in the afternoon. Now, some people would say, why are they at the temple? Don't they know Jesus? Why have they gone back to the old ways? They used to go to the temple three times a day, and they would go to pray, and they would do those things. And So why have they gone back to the old But I like to think of maybe a little bit like this. They have just gone back to living life, but with a different expectation. An expectation that anything could happen. You know, the most amazing thing I love about being in an environment with with Christians, with faith, is that anything could happen. Like anything could happen. Some of you guys are crazy. You know, like anything can happen. God can do amazing things again and again. But we see these guys and they've gone back to life, but I don't think they've gone back to the old. Why am I making a point about that? Because we can't just go back to what is old. We can't just go through the motions, getting it done, doing what everyone else is doing and what, how it's always been. Now, some of you young guys here, you can't say this yet, but some of us older people will say, oh, remember back in the old days, wasn't it amazing? You know what? It wasn't. It just wasn't that amazing at all. We just forget all of the things and just remember the great parts of it. And here's a couple of guys that have gone back to living life, but with a different expectation upon them. They, they, they had the old form, but they carried an atmosphere and an expectation for the new. I want you to know as an Activate family here at North, at Tuaco, all over the place, we're not looking back. In fact, the Bible warns us about looking back. We're, not, we're, we're looking forward. We're believing for more. We're believing for an atmosphere of faith, not just to live in us, but to come out of us and impact those around us. We have an expectation. We're believing for transformation. We're believing for, for us to grow and for miracles to happen. I love this scripture because it says at the same time they're coming to church, that it says there's a crippled man coming to church. Isn't that like just just for a second? What a setup. There's a setup happening, right? Have you ever noticed how God likes to set things up? Like these guys are just going about their day. They're just going about what they do. And as they're just about to land there, there's a guy that's crippled. He's not even in control of getting there. Someone else is helping him get there. And at the same time, who likes the same time miracle? We just happen to be in the right place at the right time. I, I like buying stuff like that. You're just in the right place at the right time, right? But in faith, when you're in the right place at the right time, but it happens again and again in the Bible, and it'll happen again and again in your life if you see the back to Pentecost picture that we're, trying to, that we're, we're painting here. At the same time, there was a man crippled from birth being carried up. Every day he was set down at the temple gate, the one called beautiful, to beg from those going to the temple at the same time. I love how God sets things up and he's doing it again today and he'll do it again tomorrow. Peter and John at the same time came to the same place as the crippled, paralyzed man came to the same place. It was the gate called beautiful. Let's pause here for a moment. We live in a generation that is all about living at the gate beautiful. It's called Instagram. It's called Facebook. It's called all of those things that you like to take the most beautiful part of your life 
And so everybody, like, this is your normal part of your life. Yeah? Some people are going, I don't have Facebook. Rob? No, I don't know. Uh, eh? We live in a generation right now that live in a beautiful gate with broken people. Beautiful on the outside, broken on the inside. And God's saying, hey, let's get something happen here. Sitting at the beautiful place, broken. Let's have a collision of faith happening at this place. Beautiful on the outside, broken on the inside. The text goes on to say, Peter said, look at us. The man looked at them, assuming that they were about to give, about to give him some money. And Peter said, I want to give you something, but I don't have any gold or silver. Here's what I can offer you. That's what it says in the voice version. Here's what I can offer you. I don't have anything. But here's what I can offer you. Stand up and walk in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, the anointed one. So my question is, what do you have? My dad had a Mitsubishi Lancer. And he missed my uncle's friend, Glenn, by this much. And I don't think he ever thought of himself as an evangelist. He still wouldn't today. I don't think he thought of himself even maybe as a really good man. But all he did have, he wasn't a doctor. He couldn't save it, bring him back from death. He wasn't this, he wasn't that, he wasn't that. But what he was, was an hour every night after work, and that's what he could offer. Do you know, right throughout the Bible, God asks us again and again, what do we have to offer? Look at this. It says this in Mark, 8, uh, Mark 6 and verse 30. You give, you give them something to eat, Jesus said to them. Uh, and the disciples said, that would take a month of a, uh, eight months of a man's wage. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it for, to them to eat? And Jesus says, how many loaves do you have? And he asked, go and see. The second one is Exodus 4 and verse 2. Then the Lord said to him, Moses, what is that in your hand? And Moses replied, it is a staff. He's not saying, what don't you have? He's saying, what do you have? The next one is from 2 Kings and verse 4. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? This is the widow woman. He said, tell me, what do you have in your house? And the lady said, your servant has nothing there at all except a small jar of oil. So the question today is not what you have, uh, what, not, what you don't have, sorry. I was like, that was a bit quiet. <laughs> it's not what you don't have. The question is what do you have? Even like, like when you think you have nothing, what do you have? Like, when I, this widow woman has nothing at all. Except for this, just this little, I mean, it's not even worth mentioning. And it could do a miracle. The disciples at the, at the, uh, at the mount, feeding of the 5,000. I like this one even better. They had nothing. They stole somebody else's food. Like they went to a kid and they said, hey, can we hustle you out of your lunch, mate? Because we got nothing. Can we borrow your nothing, your little? Because we got nothing. 
And then God did a miracle and fed thousands and thousands. Possibly it says 20,000 plus basketfuls left over. I mean, we go, well, I don't know. I've got nothing. I've got, I don't have any. And we think that that's the end. And we learn back to Pentecost is about, well, so what do you have? I mean, it's not what you don't have. It's what do you have? Do you just have a stick? Do you just have like a smelly lunch? I mean, be honest. Loaves and bread in the sun all day. Mm, no fridge. This is not tuna and rice, people. This is, this is smelly. I mean, it's just a smelly lunch. Nothing. I have nothing. We're getting ready to die. All I have is just a smidgen of oil, and that's enough for God to do an amazing miracle for you and for us and for this community. We're praying about the nations of the world, but guess what? God can do it through our little that we do have. See, we're real good at knowing what we don't have. Have you ever asked somebody, hey, so would you like to, oh, no, I'm not right. No, 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 I don't, I'm not really good at that. I haven't really, I don't, I don't, I don't I, I, yeah? We're really good at telling you what we don't have. I don't have enough time for that. I don't have enough money for that. I don't have enough this for that. I, I'm just not like them. I couldn't do it because I, I'm just not, it's not in my personality. We're really good at being able to tell everybody of what we're not good at. You with me? But, but, and often we stop there. That becomes our limit. In fact, we take our eyes off God and we actually start to look at our lack and our hopelessness. If you look at the, the, the story of David and Goliath, what happened to the church at the time is they took their eyes off God because there was something so big and they started to think about their lack and how little they were and forgot to realise that just one small boy realised what he did have. And that was an all-powerful God. We've been singing about it tonight. And sometimes we sing the songs and then we go to work and we forget. We sing the songs and we go back to our families and our, and our schools and we forget that this amazing God we sing about is actually a good God that can do a lot with your very little. We often stop there. Someone in the community, uh, in our community, someone in our lives calls out for help and we don't have enough. We're not the right person. Oh, if you could just get them, it'd be all right. Or if you could just go to them, it'd be all right. But they don't know them. They know you. And we don't have this and we don't have that. We, tell, we even tell them about our lack of time and we miss the miracle that God is trying to use. See, you turned up here and they turned up here and there could have been a miracle. If we just look, oh, I, I reckon there was a moment where Peter was just kind of like staring him because he was staring at him. He's just like, uh, come on, brain. <laughs> you know, like, I said he looked at him intently. He was just like, oh, come on, man. This, we can't leave it here. We can't leave this guy hanging. We can't, we, I mean, oh, we've just met here and he's just met here and all of a sudden there's some, and I, I just need, uh, I got no money. Well, why don't you say that to start with? What a waste of time looking at you. But I got an offer. I'll give you what I do have. And what he did have was way more than enough to change that man's life. See, this is faith. This is faith. When someone calls out and we, and we go, oh, I don't have much, but I'll give you what I have. When there's a situation that, that's, that someone wants to talk, oh, I'm not really good at that, but, but I'll give you what I have. Or, or, or you can be a blessing or you can steer them to the right place or, or you can borrow somebody else's lunch. That's called faith. 
I, I, I was in Tuaco the other uh, Sunday, uh, last Sunday, and um, uh, uh, the Sunday before, and Owen was leading praise. And it's kind of like, I don't know about you, but sometimes when it comes to praise, it's kind of like, I just borrow what the guy on stage has got. You know, like, I'm just like looking at them. I'm just going, man, that person's like encouraging. They're jumping and I'm just gonna, I'm just borrowing their praise until I get some of my own. Are you with me? I reckon the band must, I, I reckon it must be the toughest job in the whole church. Looking at you sour pusses, us sour pusses out there going, oh, come on. Come on, get my face to match up with my heart, you know, like get my hands and do it all in time. It's so awkward, you know. Steal somebody else's face. Hear somebody else's story. Do what somebody else has done. Just say, oh, well, they did it, so I'm going to have a shot. I'm going to take somebody else's. Watch your stick. Watch your small boy's lunch. Watch your uh, small jar. Watch your, I have nothing except for. Well, that's our offering. That's our worship. My dad, sitting in a hospital, hours a day, that's worship. That's taking the small that he had and saying, God, you better do something. And it has an eternal story attached to the small that he was willing to offer. See, what they were carrying, Peter and John, it got transformed to change what was currently making him be carried. They had enough in their little to change his whole life. He had been carried every day. This man had no intimacy in his life because he was crippled. He was unworthy. He had, he had no connection. He had, there was many, many things that this man could not do. And their little, little offering changed everything for him and the way that he had lived. Would your offer be an offering? See, our world needs you to stop and offer. Our world needs us to, needs miracles. Our world needs Jesus. When I moved to Hamilton, uh, uh, it was about 13 years ago. We, we came to Hamilton, and I don't know about you, uh, but when, when you move somewhere new, you kind of try and fit in, yeah? So I, I know I'm awkward, but I don't want to be any more, or more awkward than I need to be. And, and we discovered after a while was that back in those days, on a Thursday night, uh, you would go to Chartwell. And Thursday night was where all the families would be at Chartwell eating food. Is anybody with me? Yeah, it's going back a few years, but that was the place to be, man. And, and you used to go like this. You'd get to Chartwell, and so you'd send like one of the kids off to get that food, and one of the parents would go off that way. And the other two would hunt for tables. And people would be sitting at the tables would be all full there, right? And, and, and you'd just go on and you'd find someone who's just about finished and you'd just go and stand there, just like awkward enough that they knew you were there, but not awkward enough that they'd tell you to rack off, right? <laughs> and you just kind of stand there and, and then someone else would be like, I think this one's here. It's like, you're like a seagull, really? That was your job. You're like just hanging around until they leave and then you're going to, Yeah? Fantastic. Three of you are honest, the rest of you don't know what you're talking about. And so that was what it was like. So uh, our family went there. I'd had a, I remember I had a crazy day at work. We got the kids and we headed off there in the evening and we got there and, 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 and the kids had gone one way and, and Marama had gone the other way and she, she'd gone to the, the butter chicken store. You know the butter chicken store? It's called, we just knew it as butter chicken store, but it's actually called Shamiana. 
you know, but, but we just called it the Butters Chicken Store. She'd gone there and the kids had gone somewhere else and we'd found a table and everyone was like waving and we were all like, just like traffic controller getting everybody in. And we sat down at the table and the kids are starting to eat and Martima comes in and Martima sits down at the table and she goes, hey, I was, I was at the Butters Chicken Store and, and the guy behind the counter asked me if we were pastors. And she said, yeah, I told him you were. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he said, hey, well, I'd, like to, I'd like to meet with him. Would he pray for me? And I was just, I've got to be really honest, I was, it had been a bad day, and it's just noisy at chat, it was just like a lot of people, and at the end of the day, I'm an introvert, and I was kind of like, we were trying to fit in, but you know, I just really, I just wanted to eat my food, go for a bit of a walk, and get out, you know, that was really, was, and, and, and so Martin was like, hey, and I'm just like eating, you know, got my chips, and I'm, I'm doing my thing, and have you ever, t- like, chips and butter chicken's quite nice, eh? Yeah, yeah, you're with me? And Korma, really good with Korma as well. And so we're mixing and matching. And, and Martin was like, the guy at the, Steve, the guy at the, at the, at the story, he wants, he, wants to, he wants you to pray for him. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, like it's just like, and then she's just, and I'm just like, hmm, this is so good. And, and what are you guys, you know, I'm like, and she's like, hey, Steve, you should go and pray for the guy at, 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 at the butter chicken store. And so I got to grab a bunch of chips and put them in my pocket and, and I headed down to, no, I didn't really, I just, I thought that sounded funny, and, uh, and I got it, walked over to the counter. Now, back in those days, Chartwell was like, uh, it, was, it, was, it was the cranking place. The base didn't exist. It was, it was an amazing place. Some of you have no idea what we're talking about. And when I got to the butter chicken store, it was like there's a queue, but then the queue used to go around and into that aisle back to the bathrooms. You with me? And so there's this massive queue there, and I'm like, I'm not standing in the queue. I don't even want food. You know, I've already got my butter chicken at the table, it's getting cold now because I'm standing here trying to talk to this person. And, and so I just kind of like stand in that no man's land. You know, there's people up there and there's people like there. And then I'm just kind of standing in this spot and I'm just, I don't know who I'm even looking for. As some guy wants to, me to pray for him. And so I'm there. And then he calls out uh, over the counter. Uh, this guy called Rudy calls out over the counter and he says, hey, are you the pastor? I was, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that's me. And, uh, and I gave out flyers to the people. Would you like to come along to church? No, <laughs> I didn't do that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's me. And he goes, hey, and I go, well, my name's Steve. And he goes, oh, my name's Rudy. And so we start having this conversation. Now these people just like milling around, getting their food and, you know, doing all that kind of thing. And, and I say to him, hey, Rudy, I hear that you would like um, me to pray for you. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I've had stomach ulcers. I've had these stomach ulcers. They've been going for, for, for weeks and weeks. I can't eat. I can't, I can't sleep. I can't, I can't I just, I'm just a mess. I'm an absolute mess. I just... I just can't get rid of these stomach ulcers. Would you pray for my stomach ulcers? Now, everyone's kind of like now starting to tune in, right? And I'm like, I'm like, man, that sounds terrible. I'd love to be able to pray for you. And I'm like, oh, oh absolutely. I'll be praying for you, my friend. <laughs> and I turn to walk away. And as I do, I feel like in that moment, God said, pray for him right now. Sometimes time is a funny thing. What seems to be a short amount of time is a long amount of time, and a long amount of time is a short amount of time. And it felt like as I as I turned and in that moment that God would kind of like just tap me on the shoulder, like it's like I'm here. I've got you and your family here, and Rudy's here, and there's a moment that could happen. And I'm like, I'm like, and and I'm having this conversation. God, there's a lot of people here, and uh, I believe you can heal, but I love you. You know, like I'm just kind of like all of these things going through my head. You, You with me? Anyone else? No one else thinks. Fantastic. Just me and Ashley. And, and, um, and, 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 and I feel like, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. 
amazing. And I said, Rudy, can I pray for you now? I feel like the whole mall looks at me as I say it. It's not true. <laughs> not that big a deal. But a few people started just to kind of like really tune into what was going on. And then as I stepped up to the counter uh, to, to pray for him, because remember there's that glass counter in front, between me and him there's a glass counter there. And there's glass counters there. Now he does something that was unexpected and God set me up I feel like in this moment. He put his hand out over the counter. And I in my head was like, hey, we never discussed holding another man's hand in, pri- in public, right? You asked me to pray for him, but not to hold his hand. This is not okay. And I grabbed his hand and I closed my eyes, not because I was spiritual, but because I just didn't want it. I just didn't want to look at what was going on. And, and I was like, and I, and I started to pray for Rudy. And I said, dear God, I thank you for Rudy. And Lord, I know that there's no stomach ulcers in heaven. And we're under your domain. I mean, have you ever thought about that? Healing is that simple. Healing is basically, if it doesn't exist in heaven, then it shouldn't exist in your domain. If you have the domain of Christ over your life, then what's in that domain you can, you can uh, bind and you can, and, and, and you can loose, right? And so I just, I'm going for it. I'm like, got my eyes closed, so I don't know what's going on. And I'm, and I'm going, I mean, have you ever thought there's, an, and there's no angels in heaven that have ulcers? There's no angels in heaven that he- have migraines. There's no ever angels in heaven that have allergies. You know, they're not going, holy, holy. <laughs> they're, not, they're not doing that. There's no broken bones. There's, there's no he- uh, angels in heaven with a broken wing. That would be weird, like uh, flying around in circles. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, there's none of that. And so I'm, I'm holding his hand and I'm praying for him and I'm saying, and, 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 and in Jesus' name, amen. As I'm saying Jesus' name, amen, a lady walks under my arm to get her naan bread. No jokes. <laughs> I say to Rudy, hey, I'm away this weekend, but I'll come and see you early in the next week and, and see how you've got on. So that was it. That was, our, that was our, I was coming this way and he was coming this way and there was that moment. You've heard about my dad was driving this way and my uncle's friend Glenn was, what moment was coming along, but this was the moment. And, and so I just took the moment. I didn't have much. I've got to tell you, I didn't have much at all. I, was, I had to close my eyes because I didn't want to know what everybody was thinking. I mean, some of these evangelists you hear from, they're amazing. But that's not me at all. I came back on Monday and I said, hey, Rudy. There wasn't all of the people around. I said, hey, Rudy, how'd you get on? He goes, hey, you know what, Pastor Steve? He called from that day, called me Pastor Steve. He said, you know what, Pastor Steve? I went home that night and I slept all night. He goes, I went to the doctor in the weekend and they did all these tests on me and there's nothing are wrong with me at all in any way. Yeah, come on, just to God, give God some praise for that. We could have the band out. That would be amazing. You guys will make it sound way more anointed if you come and join me. That would be brilliant. I've got to tell you an even better story. Two weeks later, Rudy came to church. I remember him was sitting up in the, up in the back in the bleachers and, and it came to the altar call and he lifted up his hand and he gave his life to Jesus. Yeah, I, that's, that's worth more of a clap, guys. That's a greater miracle than that. And right now, Rudy and his family that have moved over from India, they're one of the biggest church givers that I know. They have a passion, to, they've got a calling to, be, uh, to give, to build the church of God. And they're absolutely on fire, amazing people. And it just started with what I didn't have. I got nothing but just a little bit of oil. 
So who's your crippled man at the gate beautiful? Who's the person that when you read the story, you go, hey, that's them. Look beautiful on the outside. Got some amazing things happening. We all do. But if they've been totally honest with you, are they broken on the inside? That's why we hear of these amazing stories of people who terrible things happen and we go, if we only knew because they've been living at the gate beautiful, showing these amazing pictures of their life, but they're broken. You heard Ben talking about it on our church news today. That's why we have life groups here. Because everyone can put up a good front for a little while, yeah? Everyone can look smarter than they really are. I think I was telling Sheridan the other day, I hung out with this, these three guys and they were talking and as we were talking, they were talking about how many degrees they had. And I don't have, I don't have, no, I have no, no degrees, but I can do math. And so this guy's saying that he's got like this many degrees and this guy's got this many degrees and, this, and I'm like, wow, you know what guys, isn't it cool to be in a bunch of guys where between the four of us, we have 12 degrees. You can only pretend for so long, eh? They'll find out. But then you're around a group of people who have just a little bit of hope or just a little bit of God that you don't have. And maybe in that point where you got there and they got there, God would do something beautiful. Maybe in your workplace. Oh, that guy's the toughest guy. That girl, man. She gets on my last nerve. But you got there and God got them there and they asked that question. <laughs> Where's Pastor Jan now? We need Pastor Jan. Well, guess what? Just borrow what she has. Just borrow what somebody else has. Just take the little bit of faith that you do have and say, this is my offering. Silver and gold I don't have, buddy. But what I do have, I give to you. Our communities need the little that we have. Our youth need the little that we have. Our families need the little that you have. Our nations need the little that you have. It might just be little guys, but in the hands of God as an offering, So my question is, do you have Jesus? Because how can you give him if you don't have him? The greatest miracle and the one I asked you to clap for the most both times was not that Glenn came back to life. Not that he got his job back and his family back and his wife back, but he met Jesus. Not that I got to embarrass myself in Chartwell holding my hand over top of that counter. Not that he got healed, but then a couple of weeks later, he came and surrendered his life to Jesus. And so the first question I have is, do you have Jesus? Now, I'm not asking if you've been brought up around Jesus. I'm not saying, you know, do you know about Jesus? Because it's really hard to give Jesus if he's, when you're looking for Him, He's not actually here. He's not in relationship with us. 
So my question is not, do you know Jesus or, or have you heard of Jesus or can you sing a few songs of Jesus? My question is actually, do you have Jesus in your life? Is He your Lord and Saviour? Do you have a relationship with Him every day, whether it's good or whether it's bad? My question is, before everything else is, do you have Jesus? And if you don't, I've got great news for you. That tonight, you can simply just respond to God and say, God, I need you. Jesus, I believe that you died at the cross for my sins. You heard an amazing message during our communion today. And I want to accept your life in place of my life. You know what? Sometimes we get busy, we get off track. We think we have a Jesus and then we get like his parents and we look around and he's not even with us. Three days, lost Jesus for three days. What, terrible parents? I'm way better than got Jesus' parents. I haven't lost my kids for three days. A few hours, but <laughs> three days. Maybe you've got busy. Maybe you got off track. Maybe you just got caught up in a bunch of other things. My question, do you have Jesus? Would you close your eyes for a moment? And if you need to get yourself right with Jesus today, maybe for the first time, you've got to say, I need Jesus. There's someone here today, you're brand new to all of this. You don't even know what it means, but I'm asking you, would you respond to him today? Because Jesus can change your eternity. There's someone here today, and if everyone else asks you how you're doing, uh, 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 told me how you're doing, they say, oh, you're awesome. But if you're truly honest here today, you've lost Jesus over the last little bit, and you've got to get back in right relationship with him today. I'm going to pray a prayer. Count from three down to one. When I get to one, if you're just saying, Steve, I want to get myself right with Jesus. I need Jesus in my life. I'm starting on this journey. I get to get myself right with Him. Whatever it is, when I hit one, I want you to simply lift up your hand. The reason I'm asking you to lift your hand is because I would love to pray a prayer with you. Join my faith with your faith, believing for eternity to shift in your life. Whatever it, whatever it is, I want you to lift your hand at that moment. We're going to, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to see those hands. I'll, I'll let you know when I've seen that hand. You can pop it back down and we're going to pray a prayer together. It will change your life. Dear Lord, we thank you that you're here. Lord, we thank you that you know that we live at the gate beautiful, but often we're very broken. But you came to give your life, your perfect life, so that we could exchange our broken life for your beautiful life. And today we need that transaction again. With every eye closed, you say, Steve, would you pray for me? I need to pray this prayer. I can get myself right with God. I want to start on this journey. When I get to one, lift up your hand. Be my greatest honour to pray with you today. Three, two, one. Amazing, amazing, so good. Fantastic. Others, you're saying that's me today. Fantastic over here. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Awesome. You can pop your hands down once I've seen them. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Anyone else? Fantastic, my friend. Great decision. Awesome, my friend over here as well. Others, you're saying I need God. I need Jesus to come in and be the Lord of my life. I want to start on this journey. There's someone here right now, your heart's racing, really. You're just saying, man, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. You know what? I got to this point and you got to this point. Would you just make a decision today and give the little that you have? Fantastic, my friend. I see your hand as well. Awesome. Awesome. We're going to pray this prayer. If you lifted up your hand, I want you to repeat it after me. We're all going to pray at church, but if you lifted up your hand, I want you to repeat this up to, after me and something is changing in your life. If you're a little bit scared to lift your hand today and you want to repeat this after me, believing God's going to do a miracle in your life today, would you repeat after me, mighty God, I thank you that you see me. I need you. I need your hope. I need your love. I need your grace. I'm sorry for how I've sinned and how I've done wrong. 
But today, I'm turning to you. I accept that you died on the cross for my sin and you rose again that I might have eternal life. I accept that eternal life in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said amen. Come on, why don't you give God a great big hand? Why don't we give those that responded a great big hand today? Awesome, would you stand all over the place? We're not quite finished. I'm gonna ask the band to sing that bridge again. And then I'm just gonna give an opportunity if if you're here today and you say, Steve, I wanna be better with my little, with my stick, with my small boy's lunch or some borrowed face that I got from the worship team. I'm gonna take a moment to pray with you. You know, the Bible says simply this, if we have faith as small as a mustard seed, we can say to that mountain, move and that mountain will move. And we go, oh man, I wish I had more faith. It might be the most encouraging verse in the whole Bible. Your faith is way bigger than that. Like a mustard seed, it's really even hard to see it. You've got more than, that you turned up here today. Means you have more, have more than that. And we can see amazing something happening. Come on, I want you to just lift your attention to God today. And we're going to declare this, this uh, verse over our lives. Come on. my little I give you my awkward I give you not my best because sometimes I just want to give you my best I want to give the thing that looks really great but it's like God I'm giving you that but I'm also giving you everything else as well I'm giving you what I'm awkward at I'm giving you what I'm not that great at I'm giving you what I'm borrowing off someone else that I've seen do it before and God I'm praying that miracles will happen in my life if that's you right now lift up your hand I want to pray for you You're saying, God, I want to see miracles happen in my life. I want to be the person that when I get to this point and God brings someone to that point, that I would be ready to give them what I have. It might not be that great, but I would give an offer. If that's you right now, Lord, we pray, use me. See my hand lifted high. Oh man, I'm not really good at this and I'm not really good at that, but I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to pray that it'll be an offering, an offering that would change my school, an offering that would change my family, an offering that would change my workplace, 
an offering that would change a city, a nation, an offering that would change my life group, an offering that would change those around me, those that they would be negative. I would take by the right hand and I would lift them up and see a miracle happen to their life. God, help me to be bold. Help me to when I go to turn away, turn back and pray. God, I pray that we would see people healed. God, I pray that people would see miracles happen. God, I pray that we would see at lunchtime salvations come and God do you to move. God, you're a great God. You're a powerful God. And Lord, we say we give you our best, but we also give you our little in Jesus' mighty name. today and you're saying, I need a miracle. I want you to lift up your hand wherever you are if you need a miracle. I feel like there's just a, there's a level of faith here. There's a miracle about to happen here today. God, we pray right now. You can't help but do miracles. Sometimes we make it super hard. But God, you can't help. I mean, people are just walking on the way. I mean, people are just eating butter chicken and you're doing miracles. People are just driving their car and you're doing miracles. And God, we believe in a miracle. So Lord, we pray for miracles right here in this building today. We pray, Lord, that as we go to work tomorrow, we'd be able to say something's changed, that God came and Pentecost shifted something in me. And that would would change what you're carrying, would change what's carrying somebody else right now. God, we pray for healings right here in Jesus' name. Healings and healings and healings. I want you just to say to God what you want the miracle in right now. I want you just to start declaring. God, because there's none of that in heaven. There's no asthma in heaven. There's no eczema in heaven. There's no heart disease in heaven. Now come on, whatever you're believing for, there's no lack in heaven. There's no hurt in heaven. There's no broken in heaven. So Lord, we declare the miracle I'm asking for. Someone's believing for a financial breakthrough. You've got it right now. There's no problem with finances in heaven. There's more than enough. And so I declare it over you today. Someone believing for their business. Not only God is going to bless the area of hurt in your business, God is going to multiply your business. I declare it in the name of Jesus. There's someone here today, you're struggling with anxiety. I'm going to tell you what, there is no anxiety in heaven. There is no depression in heaven. So we stand under your domain. This church is under your domain. So we declare, anxiety be gone. We bind you. Depression be gone. We bind you right now. There's none in heaven. So we declare it here. Come on, we're going to sing one more time. Why don't we lift up praise? Thank you, Lord.
What a powerful message. Why don't we show our appreciation to Pastor Steve? Fantastic. Well, church, as we as we start drawing to an end, we want to thank you for your for your giving. Uh, and if you do want to give, there's giving stations out in the foyers, uh, and we thank you for that, and we declare blessing over that as well, Father. Uh, and we have snack and chat as well afterwards. So why don't you stay, hang out, and connect with each other, and and just have some fun. But I reckon we need to go out with a bang, with a big resounding praise. Let's go. Come up the front. Come up the front. Come praise with us. Come on, come on. Now you want it. I've been born again. The old me is gone and I've been made new. I've been set apart.